Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hey there, this is Katie. And hi there, I am Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast, episode 62, Until Death. Yes. Hey, we actually rented this for Apple, um, Apple TV. How'd you rent it? I bought it on Amazon Prime because it was only like $14. And I was like, well, when you rent it, you only have a limited time to watch it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if I want to go back and watch it another time or if I want someone else to watch it? So I was like, eh. So I actually went ahead and bought it. Plus, it's it's another directorial debut by the director S.K. Dale, which we didn't realize it was a directorial debut when we picked it until after we picked it. (laughs) So I don't know. Seemed like a, a I was like, oh, I'm going to support them. It's cool. Um, and it, of course, stars the glorious Megan Fox. Yes. I think Jason Carvey, I only know this because I kind of deep dive. And uh, he actually wrote and directed a John Karinsky film called A New Way. Oh, okay. So he did do one movie. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, yeah. I looked at his other stuff on there and it was all like television. Like he did 1,000 Ways to Die, which we were talking about the other week. Yeah, which I thought was so ironic when I saw that. I was like, "How funny is that?" I only know because I, I was like, "What?" I was like, "What's a what's a, a new wave?" And then I like clicked on it, and I was like, "Is that John Krasinski?" <laughs> sure enough, it's John Krasinski. So I was like, "No, Con- oh, John and I butcher Krasinski. his name. I butcher his name every time. I apologize. Uh, whatever. He's. I'm sure he's yeah. used to it by now. Um. So, uh, did you have any housekeeping, Britt, before we get too far into the movie? I feel bad I did not. Did you have any housekeeping, Katie? I didn't. I didn't really have any housekeeping from the last episode, but I did want to say thank you for all the new engagements. We've had a lot of engagements, and some of them, I think, are leading to some cool special episodes, and that's exciting, and you guys have been really supportive, so thank you for um, being our audience, and thank you for being supportive, and thanks for sharing and listening and liking and subscribing and blah, 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 you know. It's wonderful, and we're just really, really, really grateful for you guys. I don't know if we say it enough, or I don't say it enough, I don't think. But you guys are awesome. They they are. So, yeah, we, we did. I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, we've gotten, like, 12 or 13 new followers in the last week, which is really incredible. Um, we yeah. finally pushed over 200 on Instagram. And Instagram is, like, our favorite form of social media, too. So Yes. So if you ever want to DM us, if you ever have any like opportunities, we do have an email account. We do check occasionally, but honestly, DMing us on Instagram it probably gets to us faster. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, yeah. So if you have any thing you want to share with us, or any opportunities you have, um, or any feedback, uh, that's probably the best way to get back to us. Cause, but um, yeah, and we had some people reach out, and yeah, it's been really fun. So I don't want to spoil anything or, like, jinx anything. So that's as far as I'm going to say. But did you watch anything 
cool other than the movie we watched this week, Britt? This yeah, past so week. I'm 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 gonna save the third thing I watched for last because I have a feeling you watched it too. Um, so I did check out American Probably. Horror Stories. Yes, I was about to say you yes. already know where I'm leading. Um, I did uh-huh. watch American Horror Stories, which is like um short stories set within the American yeah. Horror Story universe. Um, that's on Hulu. So um, our girl Sierra McCormick from The Vast of Night is in it. So oh, I good. hope it's like. Yeah, so which is really cool. I hope that kind of gets her face up more. It's okay. I uh, there's only two episodes in so far. Um, she's in it. So is Paris Jackson, who's Michael Jackson's daughter. She's actually. I heard that. Yes. Yeah. Is she and, good? Um, she's decent. Yeah, she's. Um, I won't. I won't go into spoilers for people who's planning to watch it, but she does play like a popular girl, um, in Sierra McCormick's high school. Um, I'm gonna leave it at that for now. Um, but cool, it's it's decent. It's okay. I mean, it's kind of like has the kind of goofiness, uh, scary jump scare you would expect from American Horror Story. I don't see the death, the death there that you've seen in other seasons of American Horror yeah. Stories. But since it's short stories, well, I, I feel like yeah. And the depth with American Horror Stories is hit or miss depending on mm-hmm. the season. I would agree with that. Yes, and I. And I think that's a good segue into saying real quick that um, I know you probably are as excited as I am that we got finally American Crime Score, uh, American Crime Story. Um, remind me what the oh, word no. is. It's like when uh, Bill Clinton and oh, the Monica uh, Lewinsky affair one. Yes, but what is it actually called? Like what were we trying? Impeachment. I don't remember. Impeachment. Impeachment. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Yes, yeah. I think it's American that's going to be Crime interesting. Yeah, it is. That's going to be interesting. Which I'm sorry, like, I hate calling it the Monica Lewinsky affair because it's really not on her. Like, I mean, she, uh, you know, people participated in things, but allegedly knowing what we allegedly know about Bill Clinton and his alleged sexual misconduct before this incident, does it surprise me, like, that this happened? No. But as a kid, I didn't really understand it, and I would like to see it from an adult perspective. I think it's going to be interesting. Now, the original American Crime Story, because I love American Crime Story, was actually supposed to be American Crime Story Season 3 would have been Katrina, um, which they said they uh-huh. still want to do it. They want to do it eventually. It's just such a large-scale thing. I, I think there's a lot of story there. I don't find that to be a good series, because they've already done that with, like, Trem and stuff, or Treme. I can't remember what it's called. Like, they've already done that. I don't think they need to... I don't think they need to pull out the tragedy of Katrina because it wasn't like a, a, a one and done incident it was a it was a national disaster like yeah. I just think that's in poor taste frankly I don't I, know I'm yeah. curious I'm curious like that I would prefer some, someone from New Orleans tell that story or from Louisiana tell that story from a place of honesty I, I think it would be sensationalizing a true tragedy um Bill Clinton is allegedly an asshole so you know what um he i don't care about that so much i i felt weird about the versace one but since it was very positive towards him and very negative towards um shit andrew cunanan andrew cunanan thank you um like i liked that one i liked i I think uh that was really that was a good one i love i love the people versus oj but i can't believe i'm saying this but versace may actually i may like that season more do you want to talk yeah. about the thing we both saw first, and then I'll tell you the two things I saw? Yeah. Extra? Oh, I will, say, I will say I'm on episode five of, of Loki. I'm on episode five of Loki. So, 
I haven't started yet. Yeah. And so, Loki, but, it, I will be honest. You go on. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go with Loki. Um, I like it. I, I, I like it. I feel like it has a slow start. Um, but I, it has progressively gotten better. And uh, I know it's a spoiler alert, but I know there's an alligator, so I'm waiting for the alligator. Yeah, at this point. I've seen so. that. <laughs> That's um, the, I was like, what the? Hell? I saw the different Lokis because it was on yes. um, Instagram, and I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. There's one actor, and he was also in the the troop, the acting troop in Game of Thrones. Richard something, I can't remember his last name, um, but he's one of the Lokis, and oh. I was like, what? I know that guy's face. He's a really good British actor, and I can't remember. But he was one of the acting troupe people on Game of Thrones when oh, Arya was, like, that episode. That was a great episode. Um, yes. Or at least the Arya part. I don't remember the rest of the episode, if it was good or not. But I remember that part. Um, so uh, I didn't watch Loki yet, but I did start a show because of this movie that we were doing this week, actually. That I've been wanting to watch and been putting it off. It's not super old. It's actually up for some Emmys this year. Called I May Destroy You. It's on HBO. And it's by Michaela Cole. C-O-E-L. Who did the TV show Chewing Gum. Which I heard was great. And it's on my list to watch. But I haven't watched it yet. But it's about a woman who um, is sexually assaulted. And basically... uh, going through that like she but she blacks out she blacks out and is sexually assaulted and her the aftermath of it like changes her entire you know life like her job like she questions everything in her life because of this one incident and i know um, about this it's really good though but one of the the guy that plays tom in this movie amal amin is one of her friends and it doesn't just deal with, like, sexual assault in general, but, like, consent and what does consent mean in a modern world kind of thing. And it's very interesting. And it's very well done. And it's funny, too. Like, it's there's a lot of comedy. Like, not slapstick comedy, but it reminds me. It's like Fleabag without, yeah. quite, without breaking the fourth wall and without quite the comedic bent. But I've heard the last episode, like, is absolutely, like horrifyingly will just wreck you like flea bag so <laughs> like but it's really good and i highly recommend it it's on hbo and i think like hbo max um but it's on hbo like the prime channel for hbo so i think it's on plain hbo if you don't have hbo max um i also watched a movie that i've been dying to watch for a long time starring aubrey plaza and o'shea jackson jr ice cube son um and Elizabeth Olsen called Ingrid Goes West. It's great. Uh-huh. It's very, very sardonically funny. It's so funny, but so dark. And it's all about, like, parasocial celeb interactions on social media and about how this girl gets obsessed with this other girl who's on Instagram and how she, like, basically inserts herself into her life and how, like... Like, she's suffering mentally from a lot of stuff, but, like, how she crosses the line and how, like, easy it is to cross the line. And Aubrey Plaza is just great. Elizabeth Olsen's great. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is – I love him. He he played Ice – he played his dad in Straight Out Compton. That's the only other thing I've seen him in, acting-wise. But he doesn't play anything like his dad. 
or anything in this. So it was nice to see him as just a character, but his character is like obsessed with Batman. He's writing a Batman script. And so like they start dating and he gets her to like role play as Catwoman. It's the funniest thing. It's really funny. She puts on the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman mask, but she has no idea what the fuck Catwoman is. So she's just like, I'm going to scratch you. It's really great. Um, highly recommend. It's very dark, though. Like, it's very funny, but it's very dark. So, um, I just give that that prompt because, like, the ending's really dark, but it's really, uh, it's an interesting dive, especially, like, being in the world of, like, Instagram and stuff. It's, but I think we should talk about the thing that we both want to talk about, which is the third Fear Street trilogy movie fear street 1666 slash 1994 part two which i'm sorry so i mean i it's not really spoiler we knew they were going to go back to 1994 but i love the way they transition because they do like the the scream in 1994 like the title and then part two and it's great it's just like it's just like a classic 80s slasher um how did you feel about it it was okay i thought the twist was predictable (laughs) See, okay, I, yeah, I, I liked it, though. I thought it was good. <laughs> I, I still like the characters. I like the characters. I feel like because the characters are likable. Now, this is mm-hmm. this is a, a very small spoiler alert, but um, I forgot the actress. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Plays, uh, I forgot the spoilers. actress who plays the main, the main character, but you know how she goes Dina? back and she's... Dina, thank Dina. you. Dina, I can't remember the actress's plays, name, but it's Dina. She plays Dina, and then we see her as Sarah Fear in 1666, mm-hmm. and we see glimpses the real Sarah Fear. This is, this is just my opinion. That girl who's like who's the, who is Sarah Fear has such like a beautifully interesting face, and I wish we got she to does. see her. I wish we got to see her. More. Yeah, I think that we they were trying to. I think what they were trying to do was like almost like a dream thing because like, yeah. Uh, Dina has never met Sarah Fear. She's never met any of the people in our village. So I think mm-hmm. Dina's brain filled in the gaps with the people she knew yeah. in real life. I yes, think I agree that was with more that. of it. And yeah, I'm sure it's partially it was their ancestors too. But not every person in the town has family has lived there since 1666. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. But I liked, and I'm going to say spoilers because, like, I really, I, I, I did think it was a little bit the Vavitch light. Like, I think they did see the witch and were like, let's do that. Um, but I like that, like, there's actual stakes, and, yeah. like, they weren't just like, oh, it's some vague evil, like, no, it's the devil. It It's the devil. Like, it's literally Satan. And, uh, like, it's real, and it's a real curse. And I was just like, I mean, I would rather than make a choice. I was like, I love that. And, like, uh, R.L. Stein's always been really good about making things have high stakes, even in Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, none of these were based on, like, completely a Fear Street novel. Um, by the way, also, these were supposed to come out in theaters in 2020. Like, oh, wow. last summer. But COVID, yeah, COVID ruined their distribu- distribution uh, deal. So, Netflix picked it up. I, I think they're great. They are thinking about doing a spinoff with the Milkman Killer. So, ah. I would love to see... A TV series where they do just the stories from the books, honestly. I, That's I what thought, I would love. I would love to see them do the different killers just because it's, like, so interesting. Yeah. Like, I it was, is. Like, well, we were watching, um, oh, my God, 1986. Yeah, ni- no, not 1986, damn it, 1976? 
kind of kept myself in the dark about some stuff i didn't read anything ahead of time i tried to keep myself as in the dark so i i didn't either i would say i was super surprised about the twist but i liked it i'm surprised katie i thought you were definitely gonna comment on those accents like i was just waiting for it which i didn't think they were the worst they were kind of stupid <laughs> but they weren't the worst they were i was like i i mean i don't know it's a bunch of teenagers that they cast so, like, I don't feel, I was like, ah, it wasn't, like, laughably bad. Was it the witch good? Like, the, Robert Eggers got little children to sound yeah. like they lived in the Pilgrim days. Maybe they should have had him, like, come and help them. A <laughs> but, consultant. I mean, he yeah. was too busy with the lighthouse, I think, when that was getting released. Or no. I don't know if he was filming anything, because that was after he's, Lighthouse no, came out, I think. He's working on a third movie. Isn't it like a the North um, Man. Viking? The Thank North you, Man. The North Man. Yes, yeah. but he he just started uh, filming okay. that a few months ago. I do think, okay, like, I wasn't feeling the 1600s one until the second time. I actually watched this one twice. Because I wanted, I had to split it up the first time I watched it, and I wanted to watch the ending. I love the music. Um, gotta keep them separated. Yeah, is that the kids aren't all right? Is that the name of that song? Fuck! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! It's um, offspring. Offspring. It is offspring, but I can't remember what the title of that song is. But anyways, I was just glad they used it. Although I did have some some people. I was watching Spooky Astronauts talk about the trilogy on YouTube. She's a great horror YouTuber. If you want to follow a horror YouTuber, she's really good. Um, she's Australian, so I don't know. A little different. Um, but she, she's, I mean, this doesn't really have anything to do with her, but you know, if you like Australian accents, there you go. Um, but she was talking about how like some people, uh, weren't okay with the songs being after 1994 in the first one. And I was like, I don't think a lot of them were that, but like, it didn't really bother me because it, it gave a night, it gave an early nineties vibe. So, I don't really think it matters that much. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, those are really the main things I watched. Um, yeah. Because we had, we actually, one of our friends moved away. So, we actually went out. We went out into the world and the rain kind of ruined. There was supposed to be a puppy and beer festival. But there was only beer because the puppies couldn't um, come out in the rain. Yeah. So, we still had fun. It was still fun. Yeah. It was. But, but, uh. I was. I hope they reschedule it because I really want to drink some beer and play with puppies. Me too. So. That would be wonderful. <laughs> it was still fun. We did a lot of like things, so we didn't watch a lot of. We did watch a lot of The Office, but that's yeah, good background music. Um, so, um, was there anything else you watched that you want to talk about before we get into no, the movie? No. Yeah, that was everything this week. So. Okay. I yep. guess. I guess we should um, get into the intro of Till Death, our movie du jour. This week, um, so 
this is a little introduction. I, I chose the movie this week. This movie stars Megan Fox. Megan the Fox. We love her. Megan the Fox. Um, I feel like that's, is that, I don't know, is that degrading? Because we want to respect Megan Fox. By the way, I watched this with my parents and I gave them a lecture about the over-sexualization and mistreatment of Megan Fox before we started watching this movie. And for some reason, my dad did not like this movie very much, which is weird because he loved Your Next and he loved the the female heroine of Your Next. But for some reason on this movie, he was like, that's a stupid decision, which was interesting. But my mom loved it, interesting enough. But um, Megan Fox stars in this movie and it is a new one and it's out in limited theater release and it's also um, out on streaming. Did you have a comment to say, Britt? No, I'm sure we will, I'm sure we will get into that, but, um, I was just like, oh, it sounds like me and Mr. Dill have similar opinions, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, okay, I'm gonna say, I liked this movie a lot, I thought it was very fun, and I thought it was interesting. There are problems in it, but I feel like it's more of a first director finding their voice kind of thing. Because it wasn't sloppy. Like, it was very tight. Except yeah. for the, the beginning. The beginning is kind of slow. I yeah. agree with that. I think the beginning was kind of slow. And it took a while. Once, like, the action started, it was more interesting. And I liked watching Emma, Megan Fox's character, figure out how to get herself out of it. But I feel like this movie's a little bit like Fargo. Mostly because of the snow. And Gerald's game kind of smashed together. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I asked Taylor what he liked about it. And if he liked it, and he was like, it was okay. It's kind of like Gerald's game. I was like, yeah, right? Like, but I think Gerald's game did it a little better. But, yeah. I don't know. Before we go I still into like spoilers. It. Before we go into spoilers, I thought yeah. there was a tone. I, I didn't like the tone of the movie. I Yeah. It's a little confusing. I feel like... It could have been more comedic. Yeah, I, and would I think it would have been more agree. fun. Yeah, but you know, it, I think it's it's a fun movie. Um, if you really like Megan Fox, I would rent it. If you're kind of like on the fence about it, maybe wait until it's streaming for free. This is one of those movies where I'm like, I didn't, mind, I didn't feel like I wasted money watching it. Yeah. But I wouldn't, like, tell you, oh, my God, you have to see it. Well, it's not like a parasite where I'm like, spend no. all the money you have to see this movie because it's amazing. It's good. It's good. Um, it's a, I feel like it's like a heightened Lifetime movie. You know? Yeah. That's kind of my feeling about it. Because I do think the acting is really good. Um, speaking of acting, before we get too far yes. ahead of ourselves, let's go through. The, it's a very small cast. We'll go through yes, the cast. Yes, I like that. I do like synopsis. that. That is a positive. Yes, it's Woo! a very small cast. I'm only going to go through the people that really play a part because there's a couple extra people, but, like, I don't even want to, like, bother with them. I'm sorry. I'm not going to. Uh, we already said the lovely Megan Fox is Emma. Um, she, of course, was in Jennifer's Body, one of our favorite movies that we've done to date. Um, she also played a part in New Girl, which I haven't gone to the season where she's in it yet. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Transformers movies. And if you want to hear our thoughts on how Megan's Fox was mistreated by the film industry for uh, many, many years of her career, please uh, listen to our episode on Jennifer's Body. 
the next person I think we need to mention is Owen Mackin. It's a he's Irish. It's spelled E O I N. Um, he was in The Force with Natalie Dormer, which I haven't watched yet, but I've heard that it might actually be pretty okay. And then I've heard it's been really it's really bad too. So I don't know. Um, The Hole in the Ground, which is an Irish horror movie that is on our list to watch that I've heard is very interesting. The Night Shift, which I haven't watched, and he was Sir Gowan in the Merlin TV series. So, which I have heard of that. I think it was the one Sam Neill's in. Uh, I think Sam Neill is Merlin in it. So, um, the next person... Oh, I want to say real quick. He also directed the 2020 film uh, Here Are the Young Men, uh, which stars... Dean Charles Chapman, uh, who's Tolman in Game of Thrones, and Anna Taylor-Joy, who Tommen. we, of course, know from The Witch. Ah. So, yeah, he's a the director, bitch. too, which I always love actors who are also directors. They're, they're, they have a soft Ooh. spot in my heart. Speaking of Anya Taylor-Joy, if you're in Canada, because I looked into getting a passport because I want to see this movie early, but I'm not going to do it, um, the Toronto International Film Festival is going to be screening Last Night in Soho. Ooh. Starring Anya yes. Taylor Joy and Thomas yes. and Mackenzie. So, um, and Matt Smith and a ton of other people. It's um, Sir, I mean, Sir, uh, Dame. Shit. Oh my God. Kathy Riggs. Kathy, what was Fox her name? Dame Riggs. Diana Riggs. Diana it's Riggs. Her last movie. Yes. yes. Sorry. Sorry. It's the last movie she filmed before she passed away. Um, so, yeah. So, we got that. Um, do you want to go. Uh, after the last few people, and then I'll do the synopsis. Yeah, of course. I've got so we... three more written down. Yeah, of course. So we have uh, Callan Mulvey. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, he plays Bobby I think Ray. So. Mulvey, maybe? Uh, Mulvey? Yeah, so he's, he plays Bobby Ray. But he's in Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> he's in 300 Rise of an Empire. He plays Jack, uh, Jack Rollins in Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Adventures in mm, Game. Yeah. Uh, Batman v Superman, um, and he's also in the Outlaw King. So um, he's he also, in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he does have a very impressive filmography. Um, I can't read my own handwriting. So you're just talking about this gentleman who plays Tom. Is it Alm Amy? Amol A M L. So I'm guessing it's Amol or Amol. Amin. Amin. Yeah. Yeah. Who Who's in I May Destroy You? He plays yeah. Simon. He's also in um, Trevor, or no, he played Trevor in Kid Dothood, The Bill, um, but uh, he's also in the first season of Since 8, and in The Maze Runner, which it seems where a lot of people know him from is in The Maze Runner, so. I have one more person written down. Yes. Do you have this person written down? Because guess do whose son they are. Oh, I know. I, Lay, I'm a cop. Lay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Jack Roth plays Jimmy, who is Bobby Ray's brother, um, who's Tim Roth and Lori Baker's son. He's from England. Uh, if you don't know Tim Roth, what the fuck's wrong with you? It's Tim Roth, um, who was in Funny Games and uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. And that show Lie to Me was actually really good. I really only watched it because of him. But yeah, I'll let you tell more about his career because oh. he's been in some some good stuff. I don't think I have a whole whole lot for him. Now he was oh, in both. I just have three. Yeah. Oh, maybe you have the same four I do. Then he was uh, in Bohemian Rhapsody, Rogue One, mm-hmm. 
Brimstone, and he was mm-hmm. in Game of Thrones. And I'm like, who the fuck was he in Game of Thrones? Who so was he in Game he, of Thrones? He, so, you know, um, the Watchers on the Wall, which is, of course, the episode, yeah. is season four, episode nine, is the Battle of Castle Black. He is one of the Knights members that when, um, if Magda Mighty storms the, um, the gate below, mm-hmm. he's like, we are the Watchers on the Wall. Like, they rally together, and they die, like, taking out Mag. Like, do you remember that? Like, yeah. Yeah, so he some was of, one like, of the... the really nice... Was it Pip that died that way? Yeah, and I think it was Pip that led them. He started, like, yeah. reciting the Night's, off... Night's Watch Oath, and then they all started it's reciting it together. But, yeah, he's one of the brothers that gets killed by Magnamati, so... It's so sad. Yeah. I really, one of the crows. really liked Pip. Mm-hmm. I really liked the crows. Yeah. I mean, I like some of the wildlings, too, but I liked far less of the wildlings. There were less redeeming wildlings. There was Egret and big red-headed guy. What the fuck is his name? Um, fucking Tormund. Tormund! Yeah. Love Tormund. Mm-hmm. Love Tormund. Uh, and Mance Raider was okay. I like that actor. Yeah. Anyways, we're not gonna talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, let's talk about... <laughs> it's a rabbit hole Sorry. I'm just like, my eyes get bigger and bigger. I like, mean, oh. like... <laughs> And I want to talk about it, but I'm also like, it's a lot. Oh, and it's like, a lot. so many feelings about Game of Thrones still. We shouldn't like do anything with English actors because they've all been in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about Till Death. I'm going to, I do have a synopsis for this okay. one. Awesome. Um, it's a pretty okay one. Okay. <clears throat> so we're getting started. Okay. Handcuffed to her. Dead weight of a husband, and unable to unshackle herself, Emma finds herself stranded, alone, and hunted by a shadow from her past. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. Because I do think the marketing for this did a really good job of, like, giving you a surprise about the reason she's shackled. Because I know, I saw the premise and was like, oh my god, did these people shackle her to a corpse? Like to get revenge who's taking revenge upon her what did she do blah 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 and then when you see the movie like what actually happens is actually kind of surprising i liked that i was like oh like i kind of saw it coming like about a couple minutes before it happened i was like oh that's what's gonna happen but i like that i didn't think it coming into the movie um so i guess we're going to get into spoilers from now on three two one spoilers because i just yeah uh, I think we, I recommend this movie if you really like Megan Fox or you just have $7 and you want to watch a decent movie. I think $7 is fine for this movie. I don't mm-hmm. suggest buying it unless you just want to complete your Megan Fox collection, yep. I guess. Yep. Um, but I think it's, I think it's good. I don't think it's a, I think it's a solid first directorial debut. First directorial debut. It's a, it's a solid debut. But I don't think, it's not like a Vavitch where I'm like, oh my god, I cannot wait to see. I'm like, I want to see them do more stuff. But it's, it has a solid 93%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's getting good reviews, so, but it is also like, it's independent. So, um, if you want to support some independent um, movies, I'd say do it. If not, wait until it comes out on streaming. I would, I'm, I'm very lukewarm on suggesting people rent this one. Okay, so, shall we trot on? Yes. Okay, we shall. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
the, so I will say the beginning's a little slow. I, I think they take a little too much time setting everything up, but we open on like a cityscape and Megan Fox as Emma. Emma is um, having an affair with her husband's employee, Tom. He seems like a really nice guy. But she's like, I can't give you what you need, and I just feel bad, and I just don't think I can do this anymore. And um, he says, well, can we see each other tomorrow? I don't want this to be the last time I see you. And I will say Megan Fox gives a good performance of, like, really, like, showing someone who is pensively trying to figure out what they want to do in their life. Like, I think we've all been in a relationship or ended a relationship, a lot of us have, where, like, you want to be with somebody but something, some outside force is just keeping you away from that. And it just sucks. But you, one, one of you has to be the bad guy and say, we got to stop it before it gets too far. Um, but we don't really know why she's having an affair at first. Because, like, to me, I'm like, I don't want to write her off as a bad person. Because, like, I think the gut reaction for most people is like, oh, you're cheating on your spouse. You're a bad person. And I, frankly, find cheaters pretty abhorrent. But... We meet her husband because the next day is their anniversary. And her husband is a high-powered lawyer. He used to be a prosecutor for the DA's office. That's how they met, is she was actually mugged and stabbed by an assailant. And she fought back, stabbed him in the eye, and he lost his eye in the fight and um, sent him, helped send him to jail. And he was the prosecutor that helped um, defend her and got her help, and that's how they fell in love. But now he's defending. He's a defense attorney, and he's basically keeping people out of jail instead of putting them in jail. And we see, like, the first hint of him being a controlling asshole when she walks into his office, and um, he's like, oh, I thought you were going to wear the red dress. And she was like, well, I thought I'd do something different. He's like, well, you still have time to go home and change. And me and my mom looked at each other and were like, oh, what an ass. I was like, okay. So, obviously, he's got some control issues. Um, he also, like, they've been married for, like, 11 years. Mm -hmm. So, or at least they've been together for 11 years. Um, he's a little bit older than her. He seems to, like, my dad was like, so is she the trophy wife? And I was like, that's sexist. But I get what he was saying. Like, I think, like, the husband sees her as a trophy wife. Yeah. But she's a photographer. She... She was kind of struggling when she met him, and he wasn't. So, you and that's know, what... he kind of brought her up from her lowly standards. Or at least that's how he sees it. And that's another, I feel like, kind of uh, Harold back to Gerald's game, because this movie does have some comparisons to Gerald's game for uh -huh. the obvious reason, is that Jesse and Gerald's game is a trophy wife. And that's kind of another thing that makes it harder to break away from their husbands, I feel, is that... They probably are dependent yeah. on them for a, different things like housing and clothing and just maintaining that lifestyle. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think Emma's happy, but she's also, she, I think she is grateful. And that is why she tries to end things with Tom. It's like, she's like, this is wrong what I'm doing and there are things I should be grateful for. But as the audience, we see that he's not a very good person and he's not very kind to her either. No. And the thing is, being someone who was in a relationship that was not physically abusive, but, like, after I got out of it, I realized how controlling my ex was. Um, 
I, I see where she's coming from because he's not physically abusive to her. Yeah. But he's just controlling and manipulative and gaslighting her. And when you're in the thick of it, you have blinders on. You don't see it happening yeah. to yourself. Um, so, I mean, that's why, like, I, I'm just, like, I encourage people now. I'm like, listen, if your spouse or partner or whatever is holding you back from doing things you care about, you love to do, that you actually want to do – there's something that you need to fix there. I'm not saying you have to break up, but I think you need to have a discussion about it. Because to me, my thing, what I realized afterwards was I was not being the person I used to be that I liked. Like, the person that I liked, the social butterfly. And it took me a really long time to be like, huh, I, I, yeah, I, I was in a bad relationship. It wasn't, I was not the, it did not start out as bad. Either And it's also like, you know, a lot of people start out in relationships with the best intentions and then somebody compromises something too much and it just goes bad. So I, I like that Mark's not like an evil villain. Like he's not like a mustache twirling villain. He's a believable shitty husband. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a positive. I, I do think the beginning's very slow though. Like, I do like that we kind of, I, I like that we establish that she's a powerful person and that she will fight for herself because you find out how she fought against the guy that tried to mug her. Um, I like that. I think it's a little wishy-washy with her background with that man because, like, I still couldn't figure out if it was a random attack or if he knew her and attacked her for a personal vendetta. Yeah. It was a little bit confusing. Because yeah. it seemed like he was really into hurting her, like, a lot to just, like, not know her at all from a thematic standpoint. But, you know, it's it's not that bad. Um, So, basically, they go out to dinner. This was the second thing I hated about Mark. Um, they go out to dinner. She's wearing her red dress. Um, She sees this girl get proposed to by a much older man. And she kind of sees her in the bathroom and is like, listen, I know it's not my business, but nothing is set in stone and don't marry someone like, unless you really want to marry them, you know? And the girl's like, yeah, it's right. It's not your business. But like, she's just trying to like warn someone who's young, who she sees herself in, you know, she's like, it might be a different circumstance than me, but you know, watch out. And then she goes back to dinner and her husband like gives her this steel necklace because it's their steel anniversary. And she gives him these Super Bowl tickets because she was like, I thought maybe the Steelers would be there. First of all, he shuts her the fuck down. He's like, no, they suck this year. And she's like, okay. Then he orders dessert for both of them when she says, no, I'm not hungry. And then he gives the tickets to their waitress as a tip. Yeah. I was like, what an asshole. Now, I mean, as the movie progresses, you kind of understand why he did that. But still, it was like, what the fuck? Um, but basically he, he blindfolds her and I was like, oh shit, this is okay. This is the other thing is like, these movies are making me never want to be blindfolded or handcuffed ever in yeah. my entire life. Ever. <laughs> like, yeah. at least not with the wrong person, but he blindfolds her and drives her to this remote lake house that they have. Yeah. So they do, they, he apologized for being distant. They have sex and in the morning, uh, she wakes up, and uh, he's kind of sitting on the edge of the bed, which is already kind of creepy enough because his back is to her in the camera. Mm -hmm. And then she lifts her hands up, and she realizes he's handcuffed to him. And he's like, it's time to wake up, darling. And he just shoots himself in the fucking head. 
And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the and fuck? she's just like, of course she freaks out because that's understandable. Um, but after the initial shock, she so she's already in like this really cute uh, nightgown. It's like shorts and like a tank top and it's all white. And so, and she, the first thing she actually says when she wakes up, she's like, it's freezing. Um, and so after the initial shock, she tries to shoot the handcuffs off, but realizes the gun's empty. So he only had one bullet and he used it himself. Yeah. I will say my mom was like, immediately like, shoot it off. And then she did. And they were like, oh, fuck. So she ends up finding like a high tech um safe and her wedding dress in the closet so that's all yeah, there is in the closet weird. and so she takes her wedding dress and she actually puts uh mark's body on it which is actually really uh smart i think yes. to kind of help drag him around um, which i wonder if he he did that on purpose to help her or if he was just like trying to mock her i feel like he was trying to mock her and she just figured it out yeah, yeah i felt that too because it's, when if we go back to the beginning of the film, it's kind of like him, Tom, Tom, Mark, and Emma are all in an elevator, and he's like, he makes a joke because they act like they all know each other. He goes, yeah, don't you remember? Uh, well, they said, yeah, we met at the holiday party. He goes, no, you the didn't. The Christmas party. And, Christmas and then, party. Oh, yeah, the Christmas party. He's like, no, you mm-hmm. didn't. Remember OPC, holiday party. So I fought right there, like, in that moment. I was like, he knows, and he's fucking mm-hmm. with them. So mm-hmm. it's like, to me, like, this was the second obvious decision that he knew that she was cheating on him. Um, what I do like about this is that the editing is, like, really seamless in that, like, she falls down the stairs. And I don't know if the editing's good or if it's Megan Fox is actually doing her own stunt work. But I, it does look like she is kind of falling down the stairs because she is dragging his body on the dress and she falls down with him. Um, but she gets up and she realizes all the sharp, sharp objects in the home are missing. Um, which is alluded, we, we hear him say earlier in the car that he had someone clean up the lake house. And then it's like, okay, that's what they were doing. They were removing all the knives and all the sharp tools. Um, and her phone is dead after being submerged in a vase of water all night. Now, this was the first thing that Taylor um, had said when we were watching the movie together. He said, couldn't she technically break that vase? It would be a sharp object. And then she could technically cut his arm off. Like that. Ooh, if all the yes. Sharp, yeah. That's what Taylor that's and a good I would. But that's the difference between me watching this movie because I I did not have that thought. But Taylor instantly said that he's like all the sharp objects are missing. She could smash that vase and use it. I was yeah. like, you're right. She could. Yeah. By the way, so I was I had to walk away because Gizmo was thirsty, so he needed to get some water in the kitchen. I was like, why is he Aww. at the door when he has his his bone to chew on? But he he was thirsty. Um. Aww. So she. I don't know if she did all of her own stunts, but she did, according to Wikipedia, drag the actor um, who played Mark around. Like, that's, that's not a that's not a, a stunt double. It's not a fake body. That's the actor. So she that's did amazing. actually drag a real body around. Yeah. And she was, like, living because they, they ended up filming in Bulgaria. Because the shooting was supposed to take place in March of 2020. But then COVID shot them back to like august 2020 so i guess they had to go somewhere really cold um and probably bulgaria is really cheap um and uh she was getting like two to three hours of sleep a night because of the time change from bulgaria and the united states so she was like on three hours of sleep dragging a grown man around um that's incredible which yeah so i mean megan fox did did a lot of work for this movie so you know i appreciate that 
Yeah, I do. Li I like that too. Um, she does eventually, though, find the car keys in the trash. So it's like she basically kind of goes throughout the house, finds the car keys. Now, because of the deep snow, she does. Um, she I think it's kind of cute. So she starts to strip. Um, she starts to strip Mark because she's so cold. Because I guess he cut the electricity. Mm -hmm. There's no heat in the house. So she's wearing his like shirt, and then what she happened to her coat though? I just thought of that. She had a coat. Did he maybe get rid of the clothes, you think? However, I think, I don't think he got rid of the clothes, but, so, uh, I think it was Amanda the Jedi pointed out that people were saying, how'd she get the shirt on over the cuffs? But I think the shirt's inside out, so she, like, pulled it through the cuffs, because they yeah. were, like, holding hands. Ow. Sorry, because my accidentally just bit my foot chewing on his bone. Um, does your dog do that? Where, it, like, they just want to chew everything that they're chewing on at your feet? I don't know. Gizmos yeah, When they were younger. Attached. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just do that. Um, but, yeah, like, someone pointed out that, like, oh, well, she did it, like, through their, I guess, she probably couldn't have worn her coat. Because how would she get it over his, the handcuffs? She wouldn't be able to get it over. So maybe that's yeah. why she didn't wear the coat. Mm, so. maybe. Mm. That's smart, too. Yeah. Pants, yes. The coat, no, because you wouldn't be able to use sleeves. Yeah. Interesting. But Sorry. It is. Just no, it is interesting. <laughs> no, that's smart. That's good to think of. But she does wrap cloth around her feet because she's barefooted in the snow. Yes. Um, She manages to get the body, his body, into the car, only to realize that all the gas has been drained out of it. And then a pre-recorded message from Mark starts playing Ugh. along with their wedding songs. Yeah. And he's revealed, he reveals that he's he has planned to commit suicide, but couldn't bear the idea of her and Tom living happily ever after. So that's because he says it's not it. about it's not about you, your indiscretion. It's just I don't want you to be happy after I die, which is yeah. fucking assholey. Um, it is. yeah, I was like, damn it, but I was I and I've, I I just I was like, I guess he just let the gas out on the He's like ground. Mm -hmm. must have because i was like oh did he put it in a bucket no of course not what a dick um yeah it's very interesting um so she she goes back in and this is where like i saw this coming so mm -hmm. i didn't see this coming but i saw what happened to this character after they show up tom shows up and like she answers the door uh and he's like uh, thanks for sending me all the text messages. Are you okay? I came to help. And she's like, no, Mark sent you those. He's like, why would Mark send you? Because like, he was like, oh my God, does he know? It's like, yeah, but also, and she kind of like eventually opens the door and like, he's like, oh my God. And she tells him what happened. She, he's like, oh my God, is it because of us? She's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's because he's a psychopath. Um, which I was like, yeah, I mean like, don't blame yourselves. Like no one would do this kind of shit if they didn't like. If they weren't going to do it anyways, you know, it's not, you didn't, you didn't make them do it. They did it themselves. Um, and she points out to him, like, cause he's like, oh, okay, well, let me help you. And she's like, no, you need to call the cops right now. And he's like, well, I'm a lawyer. And like, you know, you look, this looks bad cause you washed your face and stuff and you're covered in his blood. And she's like, no, obviously if he had the forethought to get, to get rid of the gas, get rid of all the sharp objects in the house, get rid of all the clothing and strand me then he is going to be smart enough to text you for a reason there's a reason that yeah. we're both here like yeah go get your phone and he's like oh okay he, and he also mentions that mark's uh law the law firm 
was raided by the FBI or the uh, well, he says the federal, the feds. They raided the law office because um, he's been tampering with evidence for years, and so he was about to like lose everything. So you're like, oh, okay. So wasn't just her cheating on him. He was gonna lose everything, and so he decided to take his own life and torture his widow after his death. Great. Um, so Tom's like, oh shit, my phone's in the car. Which, why do people do that? Why do people leave their their phones in their car? It always bothers me. I have known yeah. many people in my life. I'm like, I don't care. Keep it on you. Do not leave it in your car. Bring it in your house, at the very least. Because, like, you never know. Um, so before he can go get his phone to call the cops, this truck pulls up. And so he tells Emma to hide, and he comes out. And there's this guy, Jimmy, and he... Like, he, this was when it got really Fargo-y, because, like, they're both, like, very Midwestern. And they're very, which is funny, because, like, they're both, uh, one is British and one is Australian in real life. Um, and Tom is British in real life, but everyone has American accents. It's, except for um, Mark. Mark has his regular Irish accent. Um, but basically, Tom's like, yeah, get GTFO. And they're like, oh, can I come in? I was like, oh, this is bad. I was like, go back in the house, Tom. Go back in the house. Go back in the house. And Jimmy doesn't seem threatening, but he seems very insistent. And then yeah. another person comes out of the car, and it is Jimmy's brother, Bobby. Or Bobby Ray, which is like, oh, which I think I knew a Bobby Ray in high school, and they were fine. But that name just makes me cringe. Um, anyways, Bobby Ray comes out and just starts stabbing. He stabs the shit out of Tom and kills him. And Jimmy, I like Jimmy. Because Jimmy's very sympathetic. Jimmy's like, what? This is Tim Roth's kid, by the way. He's like, what the hell? I didn't know. Wh- why are you? Why did you kill him? What the fuck? He's- and he goes to, like, Tom's body and is like, I am so sorry. I did not. Like, he's like, I didn't know. What the fuck? He's like, yeah, sorry I didn't tell you. Like, Bobby's the worst brother on earth. He is a shit yeah. bag. Um, I do want to say that Bobby is, because we've seen in pictures, because, oh, because Mark decides to change all the photos he had hanging of their wedding to all the photos of her crime scene stuff and her yeah. and her assailant. Um, including a picture of him with an eye patch on. And I thought it was a good thing that, like, they could have done the thing where he was, like, a mustache-twirling villain, Bobby, and, like, had a patch and, like, was very, like, over-the-top and stuff. But he just has, like, a fake glass eye and it's normal-looking. And it's like, yeah, because that's real. It's very realistic. I thought, which maybe is a detriment to the movie. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Jennifer's body worked a little bit more because there was a heightened sense of reality. I think maybe the reality of this movie is maybe why it's not as funny yeah. as it could be. Although I think Megan Fox is pretty funny. Yeah. Like her talking to the dead body. Or I almost wish there was something where the, the dead body came to life and started talking to her. Yeah, I don't know. in the in the car, I thought that was actually what was happening for a minute. Yeah, like maybe she, then but it then went. it it yeah, but then it just turned like it was over the system because I thought for a minute like he was gonna come alive with like a hole in his head and start talking to her, or even like if it was the audio system, like she was seeing it as him talking, and then we realized it was just the audio system. So like maybe yeah. the stress of the situation. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I felt like were missed opportunities. Yeah, personally. I don't think. I think maybe it was written as a straight thriller. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like, yeah. 
I agree. There's some missed opportunities here. Again, I still think it's a solid maybe, but I do think there are some missed opportunities here. Um, I will say, like, there's a lot of, like, good gore and stuff in this movie, though. Like, mm-hmm. they don't turn away from stuff. Um, so, basically, um, Emma um, goes to the tool shed and is, like, it's, it's kind of funny because, like, she's, like, hiding in the snow and they're kind of, like, walking back and forth and trying to find her. Um, and she gets to the boating, the boat, what do you call that? Like, the boathouse. The, the, the boating house, The house yeah. where the boats are. Sorry, yes. I'm not rich. I don't have boathouses. Um, the boathouse. Um, and um, she finds an anchor and she starts working on getting the, um, uh, taking off the hand of her ex. Yes. Yeah. Um, and just, just before she could send freeing herself, they come in and it turns out Mark hired them. Mark hired them. He promised them diamonds and they're supposedly in the fancy safe that was behind her wedding dress upstairs. And that is why they are here because they didn't, I don't think they knew Mark was going to kill himself. They think, no, Bobby thinks. Jimmy thinks that they're going in and out, getting the diamonds and coming out. Bobby thinks they're going to get the diamonds after they kill Emma, and Mark will give them to him. They don't, nobody knows that Mark actually killed himself. So, interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing, because they don't, because Jimmy literally freaks the fuck out when he finds Mark's body, too. He's like, oh, it's a dead body, he's a dead body, and, um... So, yeah, so they talk about it, and, of course, it's, like, I feel like, as Emma, she's, like, horrified because she's laying under the boat, and they don't realize she's hiding under the boat, and they can he- she can hear their conversation, where it's revealed, of course, that Mark hired them, and so it probably feels like an even worse stab in the back, knowing that he hired her assailant to come after her, but they see her bloody footprint, and they realize she can't get very far barefooted. Um, so they go back inside, and so she finds a fuel can inside the boat, and she drags it through the snow, um, and she's trying to drag it to, like, the garage. And this was awkward. Me and Taylor couldn't figure out, because I'm like, granted, I've never dragged, I never have picked up, I think, a, um, a, a fuel can that big before, but I didn't know if it was that heavy, because she's just dragging it. So we thought that was really awkward looking, but I'm like, maybe in her defense, it really is heavy. I've never picked one up. But she gets to the car, and she has that fuel can, and she's trying to fuel the car up a little bit. But Bobby finds the car. She hides underneath the car, and he punctures the tires. So um, after he leaves the house, she manages to get into the basement for, um, for a back door, a second door that leads to the basement. So she gets through the door, but Bobby sees the door, and he starts to follow her. And as he's following her she's up the stairs and um jimmy is in the house and they come very very close to seeing her at the same time and this is actually a very smart move so this was very clever because she still has the car keys in her pocket she sets off the alarm which causes both the brothers to go running which is a very smart move and i really did like that um but after they go out again and they don't find her they realize that she's toying with them that they must have she must have realized they were near so they agreed that they're going to split up the house and that um bobby's going to go on one side of the house and jimmy's going to go on the other side of the house to find her 
And so Bobby ends up going for the attic. And I love this scene because it's a fake out, but it's a really good one. So he's yes. pulling things off the, the, like, the chairs in the attic. And she's lying in wait. And she does. She, she manages to get up, catch him by the surprise, and knock him so hard with a golf club that he falls for the attic floor. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's great. I will say the car alarm, the car alarm thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So someone, this was like a, like a self-defense tip. Like always keep your car keys by your bedside table because if someone breaks into your house, you can set off the car alarm if you don't have a home alarm and it'll like at least oh. scare them away. So now That's I smart. have a dog, so. You know what else that reminds me of? And um, very quick segue. Do you, did you ever see the movie Lights Out? The no, out. no, okay. I've been interested to watch it because, um, yes, because it was like a YouTuber that start that did that movie. Like he did, he and his wife or girlfriend would do shorts and then he expanded it yeah. and I heard like it wasn't great, but because like it was maybe too much, but I think he's, uh, shit, I can't remember what his name is. It's not Adam Wingard, but it's like someone like. Like, his age group of directors. And, um... Because mm, he directed the Annabelle creation movie, too. Oh, but, okay, um, yeah. But there was, like, a really yeah. scammy thing. Like, an Annabelle creation... Like, it was, like, a contest to be like, Hey, create your own short film because I did that and that's how I got Lights Out and that's why I'm now a director. But, like, there was a bunch of, like, legalese. Red Letter Media went into this. There was a bunch of legalese that was really scammy, like... If they decided to option your movie, the most you could get out of it was $100. Oh, no, that's insane. Yeah, it was really shitty. But I don't Absolutely think it was the director's insane. fault. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, Lights no, Out. No, you're good. But Lights Out, there is a scene that reminded me of that where um, the thing, the creature attacks you in the darkness. So um, there's a guy, yeah. he gets grabbed. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie, spoiler alert. He gets grabbed by the thing, and he actually holds his keys in his hands, and he, he turns on the lights of the car. He honks the horn, and it causes the lights to go off, and the thing drops Oh. Him. Yeah, and I'm like, it's Ooh. so, like, when I was watching it that's in smart. theaters, I was like, that's so damn clever, and I love that. So that's that moment reminded me exactly of that. Yes. So, yeah. That's it. Okay, so uh, he he's actually a good director, um, he did Shazam. It's David F. Sandberg. Ah, okay. And I did finally, I think I said this the last episode, I did finally watch Shazam. And it's really good. And there's a sequel coming out that he's directing. Um, and awesome. he also came on the Sardonicast podcast and talked to them. And he's oh, like, was that. really nice. Like, he's like a really nice guy. But I just think, like, he started out as a YouTube and, like, the studio was like, oh, we like this cute short. And I heard that lights out, like, and I haven't watched it yet. But I've heard, like, it got kind of stretched thin because, like, it was just a concept. It was, like, a 30-minute, yeah. a 30-second video. Um, but, yeah, no, I really liked Shazam. And I think he did – he like, the, it was pitch perfect. Like, honestly, like, mm-hmm. the comedy, like – it almost reminded me of, like, Jumanji or the Page Master with, like, the beginning part. With, like, the magical, like, getting swept into mm-hmm. a magical world kind of thing. Um, it was very 90s, which I loved. Even though yeah, I think it takes place awesome. in the eighties. Isn't that right? I think it takes place in the eighties. But I actually need to watch it. I still haven't watched it. So <gasps> it's really yeah. good. Like it's like the best DC it. recent DC superhero movie. It's really good. It's really good. I highly recommend Shazam. Anyways, yeah. back to the movie. Sorry. Yes. No. <laughs> quick segue. Um, but she does. She knocks 
Bobby through the freaking attic, which is amazing, and she yeah. locks Jimmy in a room, <laughs> and she attempts mm-hmm. to run to their car to try and escape, but they capture her before she can escape or complete her 911 call. She starts her 911 call, but they, they smash the yes. phone before she can um, finish it. And then... Yeah, which is the scariest what... part, because she's in Tom's car trying yeah. to call, try, and he smashes through the windshield, and I'm like, I always feel like I'm safe in the car. And then I forget yeah. that the windows are glass. Yeah. She wasn't able to um, complete her 911 call. And they get her. They break the window. They get her. And, of course, they take her back to the bedroom where they handcuffed her back to Mark's body in the bedroom. Yes. The worst part yeah. is that she's handcuffed back to the body. Um yes. And she's forced to drag the dead body up there under threat of death. And they go up to the closet, the closet, mm-hmm. and use Mark's thumbprint, and um, they convince her. I think she she makes a deal with him. She's like, "You let me out, and I will tell you the combination." And um, Jimmy is like, "Yes, he makes a deal with her because he finds the gun on the floor that he doesn't. Yeah. Know. No one knows it's not loaded." He's like, no, I'm in charge now, Bobby. I didn't want to kill anybody. I didn't want to do anything like this. So I'm going to I'm gonna let her off the handcuffs and let her tell us the combination. And it's her anniversary, and she tells them the combination. And they open the safe, and it's like uh, the diamonds are close to her heart or something like that. And yeah, the diamonds so you seek the like necklace, close to her heart. The necklace that he gave her, that she put on, she tried to take it off earlier when she was washing her face and stuff after he shot himself and couldn't, but she kind of, like, forgot about it. And so they figured out, oh, the diamonds are in the necklace. And she's like, the clasp doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. He designed it to never come off of me. And so Jimmy's trying to help her get it off, and Bobby's like, oh, no, no, no. We're supposed to separate her from the necklace. And Jimmy's like, hold on, let me let me try something. So he gets um, some pliers, or like, what do you call them? Metal cutters. Yeah. And is trying to cut it, and Bobby takes the gun from him. And, because I guess Bobby has no patience, because the cops may or may not be coming at any moment. And um, he's like, nope, nope, let me kill her. And they get into a fight. He hits jimmy over the head with the um the gun what do you call it the butt of the gun oh yeah yeah it's like the butt of the gun yeah yeah he clobbers him over the head he's unconscious he and emma start struggling um she's pretty smart she's fighting him but he's a lot bigger than her and a lot stronger than her so she's not doing great and then as they're fighting jimmy wakes up and try and bobby accidentally um throws him into like a hanger a hook that's hanging on the wall and he um dies and so now um emma and bobby are like fighting as they like go down the stairs bobby falls down the stairs does she handcuff him to mark she does she does handcuff him. yes that's what happens yeah so now he's handcuffed to the body and he's trying to chase after her he is faster than her because he's stronger than her and bigger than her but um he um (laughs) yeah he's chasing her they eventually um 
and and he cuts her legs, so she's like limping. He's um dragging her, and they they eventually go to the the lake, and they have their final co- confrontation, where she has this big knife, and she does eventually break through the ice and throw Mark's body in the water, and it takes Bobby with him, but he grabs her, and it's there's it's a little it's a little predictable, but she's under the water. She's trying to break through with the knife. She can't. And finally, you see the knife break through the ice, and she emerges. Oh, you forgot the other it's cool great. part. She to get away from. To get away oh, from yeah. yeah. She blinds yeah. his other eye. She takes yes. his other eye before. I forgot about that part. That was pretty cool. Um, yes. So, anyways, so that is the end of the movie, except for one dramatic part where she. Okay. I like that she takes her wedding ring off, but, like, they do the thing where they follow the ring into, like, the depths of the lake, and I was like, we didn't need that. It would have been fine if she just ripped it off and threw it. Um, But you hear police sirens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's implied, we we are led to be hopeful that she survives the ordeal. Yes. 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 Even though hypothermia is a bitch, and she'd be dead within minutes if they don't get her something. I know, I'm like, ooh, geez, because she was in that frozen lake. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, so that's Till Death. Um, do you have a rating for it out of 10, Britt? I do, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give this one like a 6 or a 6.5. That's okay. Um, yeah. I, I was maybe a little generous. I was thinking 6.5, but I went ahead and gave it a 7 because I was like, ah! It's a it's it's not the most original thing, but it is. I like the premise. It's it's got a hook, and it does give you what it promises. I think. Yeah. And I will say, I don't know if Megan Fox helped produce this movie. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I do think that I like the way they use her in this movie, and it seemed very tasteful. And I don't feel like she was used negatively in this movie. Like, she is in a lot of movies where you can tell people have been... Like, they just kind of use her not in a good way. Um, that's what I felt. Yeah. I would say... Um, so, I have, a, like, I have my, like, little, very small pro and con list. So, I do like that yeah. this is, like, technically a two-day... It's, it's a one-slash-two-day thriller. Technically, the movie takes place over yeah. the course of, like, two days. But technically, the bulk of the action is one day. Um, and I do feel like those are hard to write. And you have to keep the tension going. And I did feel like the movie kept the tension going pretty well. I felt like that aspect yes. of the movie was tight. Um and Megan Fox does good, do a good job of carrying the movie. Like, she's almost in every single scene, and she stays committed. Um, so I did feel yes. like she carried a lot of the weight, and she handled it well. Um, one of the things that, as I said earlier, that bothered me was the tone of the movie. So this is a really stupid complaint. But I felt like the tone was more serious. We discussed how there was probably mm-hmm. a missed opportunity with the comedy aspect. But since it was serious, I don't understand why her makeup didn't slowly, like, come off as she became more disheveled. Because her makeup was absolutely flawless. Yeah. The whole movie. Yeah, it was, especially because she woke up the next morning. Like, yeah. Perfectly done. And Megan Fox is such a beautiful woman that really she doesn't even need the makeup. Like, we could have slowly watched the lipstick and the, and, like, the mascara start running. And she'd still be absolutely gorgeous. Like, maybe maybe it was because it, she like, was only getting two hours of sleep and she felt 
uncomfortable filming without full makeup. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's a possibility. Um, but at the same time, I feel like because she has, she is such an interesting person, I don't really know if I see her putting that request in either. I don't, yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. she hasn't seen that full I know it's a weird complaint. Even though, like, yeah. people, like, she is, like, a really beautiful woman, and she generally is, like, made up when you see her. Um, but she was, what was I watching? Because I was trying, I was, I watched an interview about this movie with her, which she said this movie is, like, the perfect reason to not, to just break up with someone before you cheat on them. Stop, yes. don't cheat on someone. <laughs> just break up with them. Um, but she was talking about, like, past outfits she's worn. She was talking about, like, how, like, this was before I had a stylist, this was after it. But she still doesn't seem, like, that into her own look. She's like, oh, I look fine. It's fine. Like, she's, yeah. she doesn't seem, I don't know. I always thought, and like I've said, I had a very big misconception about Megan Fox for years. And I blame the media and my own, I mean, I just didn't feel like going into it until, like, Jennifer's body. And I was like, oh, she's more than meets the eye. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think she's that, you know like that but maybe also like she is like she is the um hook for this movie and i think maybe that's yeah they, they wanted the classic megan fox look i do like that she does like get hurt and she does take damage even though her makeup's perfect like her clothes get disheveled and she is like walking around with limps and injuries and things like that so i mean it's like it's like halfway there like, I feel like your next yeah. did a better job of, like, really breaking down all the characters without making them, like, look beautiful the whole time. Um, but I think, I think it was, I think it was good. I think, I have a couple negative points. I think it's mostly what you said. Like, the beginning slow. Um, I do think, like, would a narcissist really kill himself, even if he was going to lose everything? Wouldn't he, like, leave the country instead of killing himself? But, I don't know. Maybe but it's not really that bad. Um, but yeah, I thought the, the tension was really good. I actually really like the cinematography, which the cinematographer, it's gorgeous, um, is Jamie Kearney, and he's a British cinematographer. He said a lot of television for British shows. So nothing like, unless you watch the BBC I don't think people would really know. Like, there's some stuff I recognize on his INDV. Like, Sex Education is on Netflix. That's something he works on. And then Cuckoo, Cuckoo, I've also heard of. And Vikings. But it was a miniseries documentary, not, like, the Viking show. Um, But I thought those were really... I thought the cinematography was great. I really did. Um, But it is kind of like... I like the setting... Um, but Megan Fox is really, like, what holds everything together. I actually liked, um, Jimmy, um, Jack Wong. Yeah, I did too. I think he did a really good job. And honestly, like, he looks way older than his age in this movie. Like, I thought he was, like, 45 when I first saw him. I was like, that guy looks like he's... Oh, no, I was thinking early 30s. Yeah, I was thinking maybe along the lines of early 30s. I don't know his exact age, but... Also, like... He has a kind of... Tim Roth has always kind of had, like, that baggy under-eye thing going on. Like, I've seen too much of the world. Which is is positive for him. But that's kind of like, because literally, uh, he's 36. 
But to me, he looked like he was much older. Because, like, he does, like, it's his eyes. His eyes look very, like, sunken. But so does Tim Roth's, and that's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I thought he looked way older than he actually is. But, um... Oh, he was also in the Snowman movie, which is terrible. I did actually watch that. It's really not good. Um, it's kind of laughably bad, but there's good actors in it. I think the editing really messed things up. Um, but those are all my negative ones. Did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating? I feel bad I did not. Okay. <laughs> well, I had... What's your Grindhouse Girls? I had a really stupid one called Rated O for the Old Ball and Chain. Get it. <laughs> um, but my better one was rated H for handcuffs and horrible husbands. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's right. the movie. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna say rated H. Um, so with that, I know you told me that you already have the movie picked out for next week, which I is amazing. I do, and I do. I do. I actually usually do have the movies picked out for next week, or at least I have it narrowed down to two. That's something I, I am very proud of. So <laughs> I'm bad at procrastinating or thinking something streaming until like literally five minutes before we start filming and then being like, damn it, they took it off HBO. What do I do now? So I don't think it's a pro R con for you. I think with you, you get so excited about so many different movies, you have a hard time narrowing it yeah. down. Yeah. Also, me, I, don't I think like too Criterion. Much about it. <laughs> I love Criterion yeah. Collection. I love that I have that streaming service, but like nobody has it. And there's all this stuff that is like exclusive to Criterion. Even not. On, yeah. And I thought when HBO did their Criterion Collection stuff, I thought it would they would share more content, and they don't share That'd as be much awesome. as I thought they do. Yeah. Um, except for House, for some reason, they share House. Yeah, which is weird. It's so a great we movie. do have our good for. Is yeah, house house. <laughs> uh, this is um, this is actually a shout out and a thanks to our friend Jonathan. Um, he actually mentioned this movie to me months ago, and I literally forgot the name of it. And then he brought it up to me again because we when we talk, we're always like, "Hey, have you seen anything new lately that I should see?" And I'm like, "Have you seen anything new?" He's like, "I don't know if you saw this movie, but I told you about it." I said. Thank you for reminding me because I really want to do this. And he said, I think it would actually be perfect for Grindhouse Girls too. And he described it as like if Wes Anderson did a thriller. Oh, um, which one piqued my interest. One piqued my interest too. It is a co-directed feature directed by two women. Two oh, women cool. co-directed this movie. Okay. What is it? Um, three. It stars character actress Margot Martindale, and I'm a huge <gasps> fan. I and, fucking uh, love Margot Martindale. Martindale. She plays, she's too. in Dex, she's in everything. But, like, her character arc in, like, the first few seasons of Dexter, I fucking love that bitch. Also, she she's she's I a guest star on BoJack Horseman, and it was one of the reasons why I kept yes. watching BoJack. And I was like, Margot, character actress Margot Martindale. Like, Margot Martindale. <laughs> and that's what her character's name is, and it's so funny. And her, like, it's very it funny. Hilarious. And she's one of the few celebrities. There's a few celebrities on BoJack that actually come and do their own voices, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a lot of, like, people pretending to be them. But, like, she actually comes on and does her own, and she does so much. She's one of those actresses that, like, didn't do a lot of stuff when she was young, and then she just burst onto the scene, and, like, she plays everybody's mom. Yes. And everybody's angry aunt, and I love her. Anyways, what movie is it? Because I don't, I'm not sure which one so, we're talking about. 
And also is a newer movie. So it's 2020's Blow the Man Down, which is on Blow Amazon Prime down. currently. Okay. I think Blow I have heard of down. that, actually. Yes. I have heard of that. I heard good things. Blow the yes. Man Down. And Blow it's the man on down. Amazon, did you say? It's on Amazon Prime. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Is it a thriller or a horror movie, or what is it? It's technically, it's considered a, a thriller slash dark comedy. Oh, okay. Love them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, exciting. I'm excited. Yes, I love Margot Martindale. I, I love do, too. Her. It really is one and of the reasons I, why I kept I watching Project. <laughs> I haven't spoiled a lot about this movie, but it is uh, what Excuse Jonathan me. did tell me. He's like, it's mainly all women, and there's one male actor, and he's not that good in it. So sorry in advance to the male actor. Um, but <laughs> he's like, it's interesting it's interesting because the older women in the movie steal the show, which I always love hearing those type of things, yes. too. So, That's like yeah. Thelma Ritter in Rear Window. Like, I love Grace Kelly, and she's amazing in Rear Window, but Thelma Ritter steals every scene she's in. If you haven't seen Rear Window, um, have you, you've seen Rear Window, right? Uh, yeah, I know. Yes, it's been literal okay. years. <laughs> the nurse. Yeah. The nurse. Yeah. The okay, nurse, yes. She's yes. amazing. Anyways... Um, so I guess with that, we're going to say good night or good yes. day, good afternoon, whatever. Good afternoon. Yes. <laughs> um, we hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you wash your hands, take your vitamins, get your vaccine, wear a mask if you're with strangers, and um, be safe out there, kids. And thanks for all the support and love. We love you guys. And we will see you next time. And I'm going to let Britt say goodnight because I went too far. <laughs> no, you are good. You are good. As always, we are, I say this every week, uh, thank you for sharing some small part of your day with us. Um, if you're having your mm-hmm. morning coffee, if you're driving to work, driving home from work, if you're folding laundry, which is usually what I do my listenings when I'm folding laundry. Mm-hmm. Either way, and regardless, we, we so appreciate you. Thank you. Um uh, to all the people who like our posts, who comment on our posts, who follow us, who tell their friends about us. And hi to all of our new friends. We are so glad you're here with us. Um, I hope you do something small for yourself today. I hope you eat a little bit of your favorite candy bar. I hope you take a walk. I hope you get some sunshine. We haven't been getting a lot of that lately here no, in the rain. fair state of Alabama. Be yeah, safe just in rain, California, just rain, but... by the way. The whole West Coast oh, is like on yeah. fire. Y'all be careful. Oh, God. Yeah. And China's having safe. like crazy oh. flooding. So I don't know. The rainy season is always oh. weird. We are getting drenched. Yeah. The South is getting drenched in rain and having torrential flooding. Yeah. But like the West Coast is having like, I mean, it. I hate that it's normal now. It'll be like, oh, California has more wildfires. Also, stop having explosive gender reveal parties, y'all. Although one of yes, the couples please. that started a wildfire last year are getting criminal charges, which I think is deserved. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and yeah, it is it's scary um, to think about. Please, guys, be safe. The worst issues we're having is that we haven't been able to cut our yard, so it looks like a forest um, back there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a very small price to pay compared to what other people yes. are going through. Um, so, yeah, guys, um, again, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for your support. We so, so appreciate you. Um, as always, um, we look forward to seeing you um, next week. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye.
The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.